The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody out there in Radioland. Hope everybody is having a great Memorial Day weekend or starts with their Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you remember what this weekend is about, not just a day off on Monday. <laughs> Take some time to think about what Memorial Day uh, weekend re represents. And uh, if you know uh, a veteran, th you should be thanking your father, right, Mr. Finelli? Always do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As always, if you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. You can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. As always, we're going to talk about the week that was in the capital markets and maybe talk a little bit about what our crystal ball is telling us about the future. Um, the truth is my crystal ball is very clear when I look at the future 15 years from now, or at least it relates to the market, it's very unclear when I think about what it's going to tell me over the next six months. Doesn't but, uh, AI just give you a warm, fuzzy yeah. feeling about the future? About the end of humanity? We just have, there's so much hope in this world now. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the markets. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were up about a half a percent. You got that? You heard that right? We are... Staring down this debt ceiling situation, and stocks are still trading higher and ripped higher on Friday. Uh, international developed market stocks were at about 2% lower, so we saw a sell-off there. In the emerging markets, we were uh, essentially unchanged. Stocks really didn't trade anywhere. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks were also unchanged. But what's crazy is if you looked at the NASDAQ last week, up about 3.5% and up 30% plus on a year-to-date basis. Uh, S&P up nearly 10%, so nothing to sneeze at there, too. Well, but if you take three companies, the three biggest companies out of the S&P, it would be negative one. So <laughs> uh, it is it is really uh, a market that is being led by big cap tech names. Obviously, if you looked at what happened with NVIDIA last week, in uh, an hour and a half after their reported earnings, they added over $200 billion with a B in market capitalization, greater, unbelievable. Greater than all, all the other semiconductor companies by a lot. It's up to 167% year to date. Almost a trillion dollar company, and it's just crazy to think about. Uh, in the bond market, we saw a pretty significant actual move in interest rates, That meant, and meaning interest rates move higher, which meant bond prices move lower. The aggregate bond index, so think of the S&P 500 of the bond world, uh, was down about a half a percent from a price perspective, which meant the, the yield in those bonds went higher. It's really crazy to, when you look at the yield curve in the bond market to look at the rates we're seeing. Uh, Three-month uh, treasury is 5.3% yield. Uh, a four-month treasury is 5.5% yield, uh, which is crazy to think. A one-year treasury is 5.2, and the 10-year is at 3.8. So we still have a very inverted yield curve, meaning the short end of the yield curve, the short short bonds are yielding a lot more than long bonds, which uh, you know everybody keeps talking about how that's always almost all the time led to a recession, uh, but we're still not there yet. And the yield curve has been inverted for quite some time. Obviously, that has a lot to do with the... Uh, with the amount of central bank intervention we've seen in this country and around the world for an unprecedented amount of time. I hate the word unprecedented, but we seem to have to use it as it relates to central bank uh, intervention in the United States. So as that continues to unwind, quantitative tightening happens, we're going to see, I think, c continued distortions in the bond market, but only time will tell. Uh, gold was down about 1.5% at 1945 an ounce, and oil was 2.5% uh, higher at $72.80 a barrel. We've also seen some 
relatively significant moves in the crypto market. So there's sort of no rhyme or reason in what's going on in markets generally over the last two weeks. When you, you know, if I, if I were to say to you two weeks ago, we would be staring down the sort of barrel of, of the debt ceiling debate and we still wouldn't have a deal, uh, you know, essentially less than a week before what do you think would be happening in stocks? And uh, most people would say down and that's not what's happening. So another example of how you cannot time markets, uh, it is, it is nearly impossible. So there's the two things that almost all investors are thinking about are obviously this debt ceiling situation and inflation. Uh, and we got some inflation data last week uh, showing that inflation was up four tenths of a percent in the month of April and 4.7% higher than it was a year ago. Both of those numbers were higher than expected. That, that's the, and the inflation data we got was the uh, PCE, which is the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, which is the Federal Reserve's favorite gauge of inflation. And so both of those uh, came in hotter than expected. Inflation clearly is stubbornly high and, and staying there, um, which m means most likely that the Fed is going to have to continue uh, tightening interest rates. Now, the one thing is, their next meeting is July 13th and 14th. We're going to get some more inflation data before then. And so they're, they're saying they're data dependent. But, you know, we're still a long ways away from 2% and, and it's sticking around. Uh, and so I think, it, it, to me at least, it makes sense that the Fed would have to hike again. The other piece of data this week was those service PMIs, uh, Purchasing Manager Index leading indicator, uh, 55. So significantly better than expectations, showing expansion as the highest reading in 13 months. So like we've been talking about core inflation, three quarters of it is driven by the services side and the services side as people still engage in discretionary spend on travel that's not necessarily influenced by rate hikes. Well, and, and obviously that we got data on the consumer last week. Consumer obviously continues to be resilient. Um, consumer spending was up eight tenths of a percent, twice as high as they thought it was going to be Even in the growth, month of April. And growth on a real basis too. And incomes were up four, per, four tenths of a percent on the month. Uh, the one thing that was interesting also to look at in the consumer spending numbers is that uh, the consumer continues to dip into savings and debt to keep up their spending, um, which is funny because, you, you know, you look at credit card rates on credit cards right now are unbelievable. I mean, 20 plus percent, you know, depending on your level of credit quality, it can be uh, upwards of 28 percent interest, which is mind boggling to think about. Um, so, like I said, the Fed meets again on J June 13th and 14th. Um, we are going to see some more data on the inflation, um, you know, leading up to that meeting uh, for the month of May. Um, but, uh, you know, 4.7 is a long way from two. And so uh, I, I think the market is sort of looking at that to say, you know, there was there was I mean, a month ago, people thought there's no way they're going to be done. But as we get closer to the meeting, it seems to me that. Uh, you know, they're going to have to hike again. And what's funny to me is like everything's focused on the debt ceiling, right? Getting this. But, you know, in our world, Josh and I look past that because the market is going to force the feds or force everybody's hand to get a deal done. Hopefully it gets done sooner than later. Expectations for right rate cuts are starting to dissipate, too. So I think uh, the market's perception of the Fed's willingness to cut is uh, disappearing quite quickly, actually. But when you think about, you know, if rates are higher and they can, you know, because in the next segment, we're going to talk about this zero interest rate policy that people have lived with for quite some time. And the market still sort of thinks that way. Right. But what what Josh and I realize and what we believe wholeheartedly in is that rates are going to be higher for longer. If you look back at history and that's the, what you has, has to be your guide as it relates to the market, interest rate cycles are way longer than stock market cycles. And so, you know, we just saw 40 years of interest rates going lower. Um, we're probably going to see 30 plus years of interest rates going higher. Of course, it's not going to go in a straight line, but we're not, you know, most people think of normal as where we were. Those were unbelievably abnormal times where we had zero Fed funds rate, where we essentially had interest rates at 0%. That is really outlier type stuff. And so if we go back to normalization, um, you you have to adjust your expectations for asset prices, stocks, houses, everything. Uh, and I think that's what's missing here is, you know, everybody is so focused on this AI and the opportunity, but <laughs> you need to earn your cost of capital here. And, you know, so it's going to be it's good. You know, I guess it's exciting. I don't find it to be exciting at all. I didn't find social media to be exciting. I think it's like the end of civilization as we know it. But and so, I mean, some Fed governors acknowledge this. You look back at like historical analytical frameworks, the Taylor rule, for instance, it would tell you like interest rates are barely in restrictive territory relative to sort of where the data is at. 
And relative to history, right? This is still easy money in, in relative to most of history in the United States. It's just States. this recency bias phenomenon, and that's kind of, we'll talk about it more in the next segment for sure. All right. If you would like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your financial plan, your asset allocation, your portfolio, whatever you want to talk about. It's fair game. To get one of those scheduled, call our office. Uh, if you have at least 500,000 investable assets, the number here is 800-743-0988, or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. during the Memorial Day weekend sale happening now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch We're just what the country needs It's the Memorial Day weekend sale at Coastal now through June 1st. Enjoy some big coastal savings. Looking for a new grill? Buy a Green Mountain Daniel Boone Choice Wi-Fi grill and get a free $50 coastal gift card. Get 25% off all call apparel for men and women and buy one, get one 50% off on all premium annuals and body veggies. Plus save 25% on men's Wrangler retro apparel. Gift card to be used on next purchase. Some offers available in store only, limited to stock on hand. It's the Coastal Memorial Day weekend sale. Sign up to win a Ford F-150 truck during our 60th anniversary celebration. Details at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch. We're just what the country needs. Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. Everyday value warehouse prices, Cascade Mattress. Don't put off quality sleep any longer. It's time to replace that lumpy, worn-out mattress. Visit the sleep experts today at locally owned Cascade Mattress and Furniture located in Bend or Redmond to take advantage of the kickoff to summer sale with savings up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. Save big at Cascade Mattress's kickoff to summer sale and get the best for less on top brands. Stearns & Foster, Sealy Hybrid, and Tempur-Pedic. Save up to $300 on America's number one mattress brand, Sealy. Get to Cascade Mattress today to save big. Don't miss the kickoff to summer sale going on now, where you can save up to $600 on Stearns & Foster, too. Visit CascadeMattress.com to see all the top brands. Everyday value warehouse prices, Cascade Mattress. In the Bend factory stores next to Nike and Columbia and downtown Redmond. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back. Josh and I do one of those videos, uh, we call it our e-news in the middle and end of every month, uh, where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets, and especially as it relates to how our clients' money and how we're managing it. So if you want to be added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So one of the things, Josh and I were just uh, having a discussion about um, people's perception of interest rates and you know why some people think that they can't go higher um, but you know we'll talk about that in a second the one thing that is a little bit troubling not a little bit it's a it's a lot troubling is uh, uh, the interest expense on our public debt so you know we obviously have 33 trillion and counting uh, I guess that will stop oh, here quickly <laughs> that's one thing you just we take away our credit card but um, the interest expense uh, last year uh, on our debt was $828 billion. So we're quickly approaching a trillion dollars just to pay the interest on our debt, never mind uh, paying some of that principal back. And Josh and I were uh, in Portland this week, and we were driving home on Thursday night, and uh, we're, we were talking about, we were reminiscing about when Bill Clinton was president in 1996, they balanced the budget and had a $200 billion surplus and how quaint the idea of that sounds today <laughs> uh, probably the best it ever was and will be ever again at this but when i think it back you know at that at that time we had the economy was going at six and a half percent and unemployment was four and a half percent and uh we it, we had a surplus it was crazy to think about um so before we talk about zero interest rate policy um i, I want to remind people uh about markets and and new investors uh have to come to terms uh, with something, and that is that stocks can go down just as easily as they can go up. And you know, new investors uh, sometimes find that the hard way, but the average investor doesn't realize just how common stock market corrections are. Uh, according to the consultancy firm Yardeni Research, the benchmark S&P has undergone 39 double-digit declines since the start of 1950. So on average, that means there's a decline of 10% every 1.88 years in the last 73 years, which means declines of 10% are pretty darn common. Uh, we know that uh, it can't be you can't pencil it in like clockwork, uh, but a bounce back to new highs is also very common. For every one calendar day spent in correction, the S&P 500 has enjoined 2.6 calendar days in expansion. So obviously the market is disproportionately expanding relative to declines. And I know some people don't believe it and I don't think it to be true. Um, but, you know, it, it's always funny to me when we get corrections in the market every time this one this is this time it's different and you know this is the one and you you know you want to do something about it but the reality is every you know we have one a 10% correction relatively frequently um, and the closer or the sooner you come to grips with that, the better off you're going to be as an investor. Corrections are why you get better returns in stocks, right? It's the equity risk premium. You get a better return from owning stocks because of the volatility in stocks. If they weren't volatile, the returns would be abysmal, just like in the bond market. And so um, if you want to enjoy a better return, you have to deal with corrections and you know just you own a house and you know you don't ever think about selling your house but the price of your house fluctuates also downward sometime and that doesn't ever make you want to sell it but uh you know if you think about owning businesses like costco instead of the stock market you'd probably be better off so uh let's talk about the so-called fed put zero interest rate policy forever um and the market in my mind is trading as if uh, we're going to have extraordinarily low interest rates uh, in the United States, I guess, forever, because otherwise it wouldn't explain the market action. Because all asset prices are, are trade based on where interest rates are, right? So if you think about where your house is valued at or your st the stock market or anything that um, – is an asset is, is going to be priced relative to where interest rates are and higher interest rates mean you're going to have a lower valuation low interest rates means you can have higher valuations um, and and so the market is saying that that higher rates that we're seeing right now they don't believe it I mean the the market is saying we don't believe you Jerome we think that 
when I say Jerome, Jerome Powell, we think that eventually you guys are going to chicken out when we go into a recession and you're going to go right back to the zero interest rate policy. And that's what we call the Fed put, that you can keep buying the market because no matter what, the Fed is going to come in and bail us all out. And for a generation like Josh's generation, that's been true, right? Well, that's all we've known. I, I was born in 1986 and rates peaked at you know, 15.8%, give or take, uh, back in 1981. My entire adult life, they've been on this downward progression. But, you know, we talk so often just about how those cycles work. And I think the argument of why they're going back to zero, usually when I hear it, it goes something like this. It's, uh, well, there's so much indebtedness in the world, either on the sovereign or even on the individual, individual level, uh, individual consumer level, rates have to go back to zero. And you know, the, that's that's the argument. <laughs> and and so just because you want something to be true doesn't mean it's going to be. And that. Uh, well, but also remember the the Fed, you know, controls the Fed funds rate, but the bond market and the people in the bond market control interest rates like global interest rates. And so, you know, you've probably heard of the bond vigilantes from the 90s where the bond market didn't agree with what a lot of the government was doing and 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 made it much more difficult. The bond market continued to do that. Now, I guess the difference in, in what's been unique um, over the last decade and a half is that the Fed and our central bank and the Treasury have gotten into the bond market. So it wasn't enough for them to deal with interest rates. They had to manipulate interest rates and that's a uh, by buying, that, buying bonds. And that's a global phenomenon. So it's, you know, I mean, in, the, in Japan, where on a relative basis, and, and I think the key takeaway from us here over the long run is that uh, rates you know, are going to have to be structurally higher. Less intervention will lead to structurally higher rates on its own. But this reality is if you're buying fixed income, the golden age of fixed income is over. You lived through it. But the natural rate of interest is significantly higher than where the Fed funds rate is today. But if you're a fixed income holder, you're just going to be structurally bled to death over the decade to come uh, by not getting the appropriate level of compensation relative to where the natural rate is. And that, it, you know, it may feel good on, on paper, but you're just going to be, it's death by a thousand cuts in my estimation. Yeah, but it also applies, I mean, higher rates apply to this to the equity side of your portfolio as well in that, you know, you, you can't buy this growth at all. The only thing that matters is growth because if, if these companies either have a valuation that doesn't make sense or, you know, they're dependent on cash flows way out in the future and the cost of money is a lot higher, um, it, it's just not going to work out very well. So on both sides of your portfolio, you know, we're not saying don't own bonds, but you just can't be solely a bond investor. But on the equity side of your portfolio, valuation is going to matter again. Quality is going to matter again. And some of the stuff that we're seeing in the market uh, doesn't make much sense to us from a valuation standpoint if rates are going to be higher. And so I guess either the market, you know, the market participants bidding these stocks up right now will be right, or Josh and I will be right in that we're going to have to have well, a repricing of a lot I of these I think assets. the analogy is Japan is you see these run-ups and it's like you're compressing decades of returns into relatively short time frames and the subsequent time periods will just be re repaying the excess with period of grinding lower in misery. Yeah, and so, you know, again, it, markets will figure this out if if the if they're allowed to. But I think that the big question is is are are they going to be allowed to figure it out? Is is the million dollar question? All right, if you'd like to be part of the program, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call eight seven seven six seven zero seven one one seven, or you can always go to our website and send us an email, northwestquadrant.com. Click on the contact us button. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
most news, the most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KVND, Bend. The Kendall Spring Sales Event is on now at Kendall Mazda of Bend. With new arrivals, we have more inventory. And that means more savings. Save big on a new 2023 Mazda CX-5. Now just $28,988. And you can get available 2.9% financing. Plus, current Mazda owners can qualify for an additional $500 off. Don't wait. With recent demand, our selection of Mazda CX-5s will go fast. If you need more room, save over $5,500 off MSRP on a new 2023 Mazda CX-9. Trade in and trade up to a new Mazda. We want your car. Any make, any model. Don't miss the Kendall Spring Sales Event. On now at Kendall Mazda of Bend. Stop by today or get started at KendallMazdaBend.com. Kendall. Let's start something great. VIN numbers P0645720 and P0207179. Must be a current Mazda owner to qualify for all rebates. Factory rebates subject to change. Prices not include title registration tax or $150 M&P. Subject to price sales. CD for details. Offer expires 531.23. Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands. On a hot tub and swim spa. Now through Monday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands. On a hot tub and swim spa. Now through Monday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2023 inventory. Ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Huge factory incentives. Factory rebates. This weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Expo Center Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Today, 10 to 8. Sunday, 10 to 6. Monday, 10 to 6. Free parking. Free admission. Free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Call 833-SPA-SALE or visit hottubandswimspa-sale.com. Get ready, Redmond, Oregon. Spring has sprung, and so have the Saturday markets at General Duffy's Waterhole. Bring the whole family, and the dog, too. Take a stroll through local vendor and artisan booths. Taste some sweet treats and support local businesses. Handmade, crafted, and cured. From healthcare products and jewelers to hat and furniture makers. Sample spirits and sip on a General Duffy's Magical Mimosa. Saturday, 10 to 2. The Summer Kickin' Concert Series is in full swing with national headlining artist Muscadine Bloodline, June 22nd. With special guest Century Drive. Special thanks to Les Schwab, Fleiss Dog Training, and the Redmond Spokesman. Get all the details on Saturday Market and our jam-packed summer event calendar at GeneralDuffy's.com or swing on into General Duffy's Waterhole. Ready for real summer? Kick it off with Columbia Basin Exteriors Barbecue, Blues, and Whiskey Festival. Presented by Windermere Real Estate June 2nd and 3rd at the Deschutes County Expo Center. Nothing says summer like barbecue, tasty beverages, and good friends. Enjoy the headlining music of Joanna Connor and Gary Hoey. See and sample a pig roast, hot wings, and cornhole competition, and wash it down with a cold brew. And don't forget the whiskey. For tickets and info, go to centraloregonbbq.com. Sponsored by Chevrolet of Ben, Crater Lake Spirits, A Bliss CBD, LeafGuard, OregonHealthcare.gov, Oregon, National Solar, Ten Barrel Brewing, The Source Weekly, KTVZ News Channel 21, and this station. The Central Oregon Barbecue, Blues, and Whiskey Festival, June 2nd and 3rd at the Deschutes County Expo Center. Online at centraloregonbbq.com. listening to financial focus radio show where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at northwest quadrant wealth management remember you can always listen to past shows on itunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com hello everybody hopefully everybody is enjoying their memorial day weekend and remembering why uh, we celebrate this weekend and not it's just not a day off on Monday. So welcome back. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. We appreciate you spending some of your 
weekend with us. Uh, so the one account you definitely need to set up before you retire, and I would say maybe eight, eight to ten years before you retire, is your My Social Security account on the Social Security website. Uh, you can just go to the Social Security Administration website and set up your My Social Security, uh, and it'll give you all the info that you're going to need, estimate your monthly payments, or you can make sure your earnings history is correct. Uh, you can get proof that you would qualify and what benefits you would qualify. If you need to replace your Social Security card, I guess you could do that. Um, and if you're receiving benefits, you can set up or change your direct deposit, get your 1099 form, uh, print off your benefit verification, and you can also replace your Social Security card. So again, my Social Security uh, is an account everybody needs to get set up, uh, whether you're on it or getting close to taking Social Security. Um, I got this. There's a guy named John Rickenthaler who uh, writes for Morningstar. He, he does some really cool articles and comes up with a lot of really interesting data. Um, but this article remind, should remind you uh, why you shouldn't pick individual stocks uh, relative to just being an indexer. So you hopefully by now know if you listen to our show, and if you don't, shame on you, but we are indexed. Uh, people because the data is overwhelming and it's always so funny to me that you know it, it, I mean if you knew what Josh and I knew about markets and investing uh, and everybody knew it everybody would would own an index fund just I mean that would the market wouldn't work if that happened but uh, the reality is is that is really what should be happening because the data is so overwhelming and so John Rickenthaler looked at um, uh, he looked at uh, ten, the 10 largest U.S. companies measured by market cap, so the biggest companies in December of 1986. Um, and so he, he said, let's look at how they've done since 1986. IBM, ExxonMobil, General Electric, AT&T, General Motors, DuPont, Bristol-Myers, Bell South and Merck. And uh, let's see, one of them, uh, GM, obviously went bankrupt, so their annualized return since 1986 would be zero because they went through bankruptcy. Uh, Bell South was purchased. Everybody else survived. Um, and then he compared that to the Wilshire, sorry, Wilshire 5000, so the sort of biggest, broadest measure of the stock market going back to 1986. And what's funny is only one name on the list uh, beat the market or beat the, the Wilshire, and that is Merck, uh, and it did so barely. And so obviously one out of ten did be, beat the market, but the other ones, uh, you know, didn't and didn't even come close. I mean, the you know, the poster darling of the day, GE, its return was half that of the market since then. And, you know, IBM's was only 40 percent, you know, or, or was 40 percent lower. So. Um, our point, and my point in bringing this up, is it's really hard to pick individual stocks, even when you think you're buying a great business. And these, at the time, were great businesses. Um, it's just that you know things change, and the index reflects reflects the changes. Obviously, things have changed dramatically, and IBM has done a very bad job of of, of changing to go with the times. So has General Electric, and so. Um, I know a lot of you picking individual stocks is fun, and I know a lot of you like to do it, but it's literally costing you money. It's a waste of your time, one. And second, and more important, it's costing you money. So if you think about um, you know, extra dollars, because I'm not, you know, the annualized return number that we always quote um, doesn't mean anything to you relative to extra money in your retirement portfolio. So if you want extra money in your accounts, which I think is the goal of investing, stop buying individual stocks. You are wasting money, literally wasting money. Burn it instead. <laughs> okay, let's tackle some email questions. We got an email from Randy. Randy doesn't tell us where he is. Uh, he says, when entering retirement, would it be best to transfer your pension fund and your 401k from your employer account to your own personal individual retirement account, IRA, keeping them under one roof? Uh, well, so Randy, let's make the really important distinction here for you uh, between your pension and your 401k. So a pension, um, one of the options you can do with your pension is to take it as an annuity or an income stream for the rest of your life when you retire. Um, that is very different and distinct from your 401k. Uh, and so I, historically, when I left a company, I did roll my 401k into my IRA, but I never worked at a company where I had a pension. Had I worked at a company with a pension, I would have taken the monthly income stream uh, and not rolled it over. So, Randy, be very, very careful. 
in that most of Josh and not my peers, other financial advisors, if you take your pension in a monthly income stream, there's no way for them to monetize that for themselves, meaning they can't get paid if you take the pension. But 99% of the time when Josh and I do the math, people taking a pension is the right way for them to go. Uh, because the income, you know, the retirement's going to be much better. So the, the the sales incentive is always like predicated in some, you know, it's framed like, uh, well, the viability of the business, for instance, or if you die, or all these things. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on. And it's it's unless you have some terminal health concern, whatever else, uh, and it's a simple straight life. You know, the lump summing in is almost always not the right but, choice. But Randy, it's important for you to understand that a pension is very different than a 401k. Yes, the 401k you can roll over because that is, you know, that you're going to have to create the monthly income stream yourself with a 401k, where a pension whether it's from a company or a government municipality wherever it might be, that is a very different thing and in most cases that Josh and I see, it makes the most sense for people to take the monthly income stream that's going to be provided by the pension. Now, that's a different, you know, you have to figure out when to start, all that sort of stuff, what makes the most sense for you. So that's important to, to see. All right, Pat asks us, uh, which, way, which is the best way to handle an individual retirement account? Let it sit and earn money and then pay taxes on the withdrawal in retirement or roll it over to a Roth IRA? Should I pay the taxes now and get tax-free money later? And can I have the taxes due and the rollover taken from the rollover account itself? Uh, well, as it relates to Roth. First of all, describe what he's talking about. Right? Yeah. So, you know, the question is basically, you know, it comes down to like, what's the break even of how old do you, uh, at what age are you, do you not want to consider a so-called Roth conversion? So this is essentially what, what Josh means is he's ran, or Pat is talking about converting his traditional IRA. So the money he got, got to put in and got a tax benefit on the front end, but when he takes it out, it would be taxed as ordinary income, converting that to a Roth IRA. And so, you know, you made those pre-tax con uh, pre contributions to your traditional IRA and uh, you want to get them into post-tax in, in your Roth IRA, you owe or, ordinary income on the amount that you converted. If you're doing it from the, within the account and you don't have cash sitting outside of it to actually pay the tax liability, you have to live a certain number of years relative to your tax liability to make the conversion pencil. Your beneficiary is probably going to thank you Either way, even if they end up with less money post-conversion, just because they're going to inherit that money and not owe any taxes on it, uh, but you know, which is why we often tell people, especially our older uh, retired clients, uh, is this what matters to you? Because if it does, then make the conversion. But otherwise, you're not going to care because you're dead. But you know, always, and the recommendation that we always absolutely make is pay the tax liability from cash on hand. Don't do the withholding internal to the conversion. Uh, that will bring the break even sooner. Uh, but, you know, again, I am not all I'm not I don't know if I'm sold on the logic behind Roth conversions for most people. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's, just, it's not a no brainer. Right. So like Josh said, the only way we're going to say that it's an OK thing to do is if you have the money to pay the taxes somewhere else, because if you let's say you're converting one hundred thousand uh, dollars and let's say your tax liability is twenty five grand. If you have the twenty five grand elsewhere that you can pay the taxes and you convert all of the hundred grand from the traditional to the Roth and it gets to keep compounding, then do that, especially if the 25 grand isn't really earning anything. But if you're, if you're converting the traditional, and I use that same example of 100 grand, and now instead of 100 grand, you're investing 75,000, it takes a long time to get that back to 100. So it's that sort of, you know, that opportunity cost that that is really big so if you're taking it from the actual conversion we don't say ever and to do is it. increasing the tax efficiency of your kids inheritance is that something that really becomes like that primary of it of an interest for a lot of people I, I mean i guess especially if the kids are pretty you know pretty significant high earners but, but they're still getting free money so yeah what's the problem it, it just a lot of it is seemingly like a purported value add from our industry that we don't necessarily agree with right all right if you'd like to be part of the program you have a question or comment for us go give us a call uh 877-670-7117 or you can send us an email by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com stick around get your free one-hour retirement review meet with a northwest quadrant wealth management investment advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988.
Again, 800-743-0988. I'm Gail, and this is my HomeShare Oregon story. I needed a little help making my house payments, and Brenda needed a place to live that she could afford. When we matched our profiles on HomeShare Oregon, it turned out to be perfect. We share meals, we share workout in the garden, we share walking the dogs. I think the companionship is one of my favorite things. HomeShare Oregon is a free website service that matches people who want to share their home with a housemate who needs a safe and affordable place to call home and it's working. Just ask Brenda. What I would say to someone who's considering doing home sharing is do it. It's affordable. It's safe. It's a wonderful thing. I, I can't believe I didn't think about it prior to this. I'm so grateful that I happened upon that website. Uh, it really did change my life. For more information, go to homeshareoregon.org. That's homeshareoregon.org. This message has been sponsored by Homeshare Oregon, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Don't put off quality sleep any longer. It's time to replace that lumpy, worn-out mattress. Visit the sleep experts today at locally owned Cascade Mattress and Furniture located in Bend or Redmond to take advantage of the kickoff to summer sale with savings up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. Save big at Cascade Mattress's kickoff to summer sale and get the best for less on top brands. Stearns & Foster, Sealy Hybrid, and Tempur-Pedic. Save up to $300 on America's number one mattress brand, Sealy. Get to Cascade Mattress today to save big. Don't miss the kickoff to summer sale going on now, where you can save up to $600 on Stearns & Foster, too. Visit CascadeMattress.com to see all the top brands. Everyday value warehouse prices, Cascade Mattress. In the Bend Factory stores next to Nike and Columbia and downtown Redmond. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Sean, what are you doing? Get in my car. So why are you walking to work? <sighs> Thanks, man. It's these insanely high gas prices. They're draining my bank account. I can't afford to drive anymore. Dude, don't walk. Just do what I do because I never pay full price for gas anymore. I use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Oh, wait. You're telling me you get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code DOLLAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code DOLLAR. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code DOLLAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code Dollar. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, Back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So it was, it was pretty interesting Um so let me first say that I'm a big fan of Carl Icahn. He, uh, he's been a, a huge advocate for the individual investor. He's, <laughs> his track record since he started managing money all these decades ago is, is phenomenal. And um, he, he's just a character. He's a good old East, East Coast character. Um, but it's been very interesting to see what's come out as of late in that uh, essentially for the last six years, uh, he's had a huge bet. Uh, he's been hedging his portfolio essentially, and, and I should say that 
you know, this is all his money for the most part. So it's not like it's outside money and retail money or pension money or any of this stuff that other hedge fund managers, it's almost all his own money. So he can do whatever he wants and he's a billion, billionaire many times over. And so this is not my intention to, to say that I'm somehow smarter than him because he's forgotten more things than I'll ever know. But it, he had a, had a, a huge bet that the market was going to essentially crash over the last six years and it's co- it's cost him nine billion dollars personally which is a number that's hard for me to fathom when you think maybe hmm maybe i'll just cover this thing and but you know this is the same guy that almost you know bankrupt the the uh the British government and his bet against the the uh, the pound, I guess. Well, um, back in the in the nineties. I mean, this guy's done some have crazy you, things. He has cojones like nobody else. Have you been following the Hindenburg Research, which is a pretty prominent short selling firm, uh, put out a report earlier this year, uh, so, and you know against Icon Enterprises, his publicly traded vehicle, um, and the stock's down about fifty five percent year to date, but. Bill Ackman, another hedge fund manager in New York, is his arch enemy, and they've hated each other since they took opposite sides of a trade uh, on Herbalife, and there's a great movie, um, movie about it called Betting on Zero, but uh, Ackman tweeted this week, and I had to t- I don't know if you saw this, but it was fantastic. He said, Icon's favorite Wall Street saying is, if you want a friend, get a dog. Over his storied career, uh, Icon's made many enemies. I don't know that he has any real friends. He could use one here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, and, and he he essentially, you know, when he when they're at, when he was asked about, you know, the reason for this huge bet and this huge loss, he did what most money managers do, and that is to blame it on the Federal Reserve, right? Because the Fed kept saving the day. Um, okay, I, and then I thought we before we talk in some more email questions, I would look we look at some uh, going back to the Black Monday big sell off in October of 1987. How much stocks lost, and then uh, the next 12 months after that, because everybody's worried about this debt ceiling problem, and and yes, markets might go down, or they might go down for something totally different. Uh, but from uh, August of 1987 to December of 1987, the market lost 33%. The next 12 months, it was up 21%. The Gulf War, same thing. Uh, markets were down 20%. Then the next 12 months, up 29%. Um, U.S. credit downgrade in 2011, markets were down 19%. The next 12 months, they were up 32%. So whenever we have a decline, historically, we've been it's been followed by a big rally. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because the market will turn and start heading higher before it's clear that that's going to happen. Like the first 10% move, nobody believes, but that 10% is the most important to capture if you're an investor. And if you try to time this thing, you're going to miss that 10% because when the coast is so-called clear, most of the move has already happened. That's why it's so hard to time markets because Josh and I inevitably get these questions about like, oh, shouldn't we just sit it out till the things get better. Um, Markets are way too smart for that. And most of the move will have happened in the market before things are so-called better. And the return, long-term returns, a big part of getting the good long-term returns come from being in the market when the market turns and moves higher. And so nobody you know or I know is smart enough to do that correctly. Anybody that professes to tell you that they can do it, you need to grab your wallet and run the well, other And direction. one of the things we often highlight and we get the benefit of talking to so many people is that consensus never, never, never happens. And earlier this year, I was very convinced the market was going higher just because of the overwhelming barrage of negativity we deal with uh, on a daily basis. And the negativity is reaching a crescendo again, which uh, has me convinced that the opposite conclusion is uh, is due in near time. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the uh, American Association of Individual Investors, it's a pretty big group. And when they are really bearish, markets usually trade higher. And when that group is really bullish, markets usually trade lower. It's this in- indicator that works pretty well, but you'd have to do the opposite of what th- those investors are feeling. All right, we got an email from a Leo here in Ben. Leo says, I'm getting closer to retirement. Is now the time to start making my retirement accounts more conservative? Currently, I'm 100% invested in large company stocks. Uh, that's without knowing a ton about your individual situation, especially your demands for income um, on an annualized basis. As you have, while you're retired, uh, it's tough to make a really specific recommendation. But you know, the way that we look at retirement is the day that you actually retire is essentially irrelevant in, as far as your 
allocation itself. Well, we use basically the income that you're going to take as a starting point to inform our allocation. And when I say income, if you're taking, say, a 4% distribution rate uh, off your total portfolio, we want a bunch of risk-reducing securities, namely short-duration U.S. Treasuries today, uh, and that's going to change over time as, as markets dictate. But we want to know what percentage of income you're going to need over the preceding three, five, seven years. And that's going to inform us because we want risk reducers to be able to sell uh, for a dollar when you need a dollar while you're retired to be, enable you to stay invested and ride out the inevitable bear markets and drawdowns that you're going to experience because you're going to see several over the course of your retirement. And presumably if you're in your early 60s or even 65 retirement age, your life expectancy is at least a decade plus going forward. And so you're going to see a lot of different markets, but you're always going to need uh, some ballast within your portfolio to harvest uh, during market drawdowns. Yeah, I mean, Josh is 100% right as he was answering the question, though. So first of all, Josh is right. Just stick with that. But I was, as he was answering the question, I was reminded of the, the woman in, in the Midwest who was an executive assistant who, uh, when she, she died, she gave $8 million uh, to her local library. And I think the most she ever made in her whole life was $40,000 in a year. But she owned Abbott Labs, the, the stock. I remember it, A large yeah. company stock, and she died with $8 million. Uh, there's a janitor in Vermont, same story. So... Yes, Josh was right, but I always think about those stories of these people that own these um, individual companies that got got really rich. But you know, and here's the thing that you know, when people retire from a, a big company or, or they have a ton of concentration in, in individual stock uh, at that company, you know, I'll say to them, like, like for example, I have a friend that works for Amazon, and it's like. You know, you need to diversify. Yes, you can keep some Amazon, but you need to diversify away, diversify away from some of that individual company risk. And even if the mar even if Amazon keeps going up, it doesn't mean diversifying wasn't the correct answer. And that's the same situation here, Leo. Is that yes, you need to start making your portfolio resemble your life circumstances, and that is you're going to start need to need to start taking money from it, and it needs to change the composition. Uh, all right. If you would like uh, to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end every month uh, where we talk about what's going on in markets and how that's affecting our clients' money. So if you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Let us know you'd like to be added to the list. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com.